Welcome to a special episode of Just Saying. I'm Joe McCormick, your host. Today, because we live in some very strange times, some difficult, challenging moments, I have chosen to prepare uh, a combination, a pairing of two podcasts that I think are related and helpful for you. And really the point here is to help you manage a lot of noise right now. Specifically, this pairing is around media monitoring. Okay, And it's more important than ever to get the volume right. If we set the volume too low, we tune out too much noise, uh, we're tuning everything out, we can't do that. We have a responsibility to, to hear and be informed. And if we tune the volume too loud, well, our ears start to ring. And then ultimately, we, we start to tune out. Neither one is good, so we have to get the volume right. So what I'm doing is pairing two previous uh, podcasts. The first is episode 93, and it was around the problem with prognosticators, people that predict the future with the certainty that everything they're saying is fact. And the second podcast is episode 115, which re, it really revolve, resolve, revolves around media consumption. And it's like a type of noise filter, like how we consume media and what we do. I think together, this pairing could be very helpful for you um, in managing um, the, this constant influx of information, which at times um, for all of us can be a bit overwhelming. So that's the point of, the, of this pairing in this special episode. I hope you enjoy. So today we're going to tackle the topic of the promise of prognosticators. People that take a platform and they predict the future and this is what's going to happen and we listen to them and we fall prey to the clarity and conviction of their voice. This is absolutely what's going to happen only to find out that they're wrong. It's a power. It's a power. And what inspired me to do this podcast was... They convince you to pay attention, but you only find out they're wasting your time. This happened to me recently where I follow media. My media habits have changed over the years. I'm not as huge of a consumer of media that I used to be, specifically sports media. What I've found to happen is that the internet has really changed the game profoundly. And almost without us knowing it, it's it's like People have given everybody a microphone, and they now have free reign to speak. So everybody's got a microphone. It's not like the early days of radio and television. Everybody's got a voice. Like, it's now democratized. It's, instead of a few people, it's more people. And everybody now, now it's everybody. YouTube channels, YouTubers, Twitter, social media, online. Um, you know, recently I was, I live in Pinehurst most of the time in North Carolina and I was out golfing and I played with um, a guy who works for a sports network in Toronto and he's in charge of all their social media networks. So he comes up with all these harebrained, crazy, funny videos to get people to watch the sports network in uh, Toronto, you know, to, to, to watch the channels there. So he's like, he was telling me, we just played nine holes together. He's like, I just come up with the craziest ideas to get people to view. And he's like, we create so much following, so many interested people. And it's because we come up with these crazy ideas that go viral on YouTube. And that's what he does. So he's got a microphone and he uses that. And that's what he gets paid to do. So obviously he takes his career seriously. That's what he does for a living. So why am I talking about the power of prognosticators? Well, what's a prognosticator? I mean, it's a fancy word for a person who predicts the future. This is what's going to happen. When you hear it, if the person is speaking with authority, with a voice, with clarity, with conviction, you hear them, 
And it's like they're telling you what's going to happen. And this hits your brain. You're like, oh my gosh, they're telling me what's going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Only to find out that they're wrong. Now, I'm not saying that we should ignore this completely. I'm just saying that there's a power of the brain of these prognosticators. And they abuse it. They abuse it a lot. And it creates a ton of noise in the world, for sure, but more importantly, in your head, why are we spending so much time listening to the stuff, which most of it's just nonsense, nonsense. I'll give you an example of what inspired me to do this podcast. So not a huge fan, but I'm following the, the playoffs in NBA basketball, the National Basketball Association, right? So the Eastern Conference Finals pit the Toronto Raptors against the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks had the, the, the I believe, the, 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 the biggest winning uh, percentage or the most wins in the, the league this year. They faced the Toronto Raptors. They got a really good player. But everybody predicted, like, hey, the Bucks are going to win. So first two games, Bucks win the first two games. It's a, it's a, it's a seven-game series. They're up two games to nothing. So, I mean, do the math. All you have to do is win, win four games out of seven. You win the series. They've already won two. They got two more to win. And then the prognosticators chime in, and it's phenomenal. To kind of skip to the end, the Raptors won the series in six games. What happened? Everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Milwaukee doesn't stand a chance. Why are they even playing? Toronto is going to lose. This is an embarrassment, blah, blah, blah. I mean, everybody. And I was even talking about this guy who was from Toronto, because it's the Raptors when he was down in Pinehurst when I was playing golf with them. And he's like, it was amazing. Everybody. And they did a, he said, we did a montage. I still haven't found it on YouTube where they showed everybody predicting that the Raptors were going to lose in, in, in how the Bucks were going to be dominant and how the exact opposite happened. Now, everybody heard that and it was like, yeah, I mean, these are the experts. They know. I mean, they know everything about sports. So when they talk, I mean, I've got to listen to them because they know more than everybody. So they are predicting the future of the, you know, of the world. And it's like, you know, this is, this is crazy. While we're, why are we even watching? And not to get political on everyone here, but, you know, in the 2016 presidential elections, does that sound a little familiar? everybody predicted that Hillary Clinton was going to win the election. There wasn't a person around that had any credibility, any credential that was saying that she wasn't going to lead and win in a landslide. Well, what happened? She didn't win. Everybody believed her, you know, her victory was imminent and she didn't win. She didn't win. So when I saw that, now again, not to get political about who you wanted to win, who you wanted to lose, it doesn't matter right now. What matters right now is the prognostication, the prediction, the conviction and the voices of all those experts that said, this is what the outcome will be. And we listen to it like they're telling us what's true, what's factual. This is the reality. And what I'm telling you right now is a lot of it's just noise. It's just people talking to talk. They give a microphone. They say what their opinion is. They speak with conviction. You hear them. You're like, this is amazing. I, I have to 
to do what they say because what they're saying is true. But I'm telling you, like, hold on a second. There's a power in this microphone, in this voice, to predict the future, and we don't have to listen to it, or we can choose to moderate it. So what am I getting at? If you look at the examples of like predictions in the past that have not come true, I mean, many, many, many. Just go online, Google it, the top 10, top 20, top 100 predictions that didn't come true. Edison and the light bulb, radio, um, the train. People said people would ride horses for free. Um, Xerox and IBM, and IBM didn't think anybody would want to make copies, how wrong they were. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And people that spoke with this clarity and conviction, like this is what's going to happen. Believe me, I know. Don't even think about it anymore. This is the end. I mean, when you watch the media, as I do from time to time, you start to see this right now with, with predictions about when's the next asteroid going to hit the Earth. And it's like, all right, well, it's going to come close. And it's like, you get all they're trying to do is get people to watch, click, listen. They're trying to track viewers. It's not about, nobody came out and said, all right, I was, I was wrong. I apologize. I'm not, in, I'm, I'm not accurate. No, they, they don't care about accuracy. They care about predicting the future. And what it does is it freezes your brain for a moment to think that they're right. Well, they're not. In the majority of times, they're not right at all. So what do we do? Um, well, the first question is, do I even listen anymore? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm certainly not suggesting to tune out everybody and ignore trends and analysis and thoughtful thinking. I'm not talking. I'm not suggesting that at all. But, but the question is, do I listen as much as I currently listen? Do I give as much credence in what they're saying as a basically a prediction of the of the future of the a prediction of truth and. I, I would say now to, to dial down your listening. It's most of what they're saying is hyperbole for effect to garner an audience to hear the sound of their own voice. Most of it's noise. So don't even listen. Not as much as you do. You can dial that down safely and you're not going to miss much. I mean, if you look at the NBA, the, the, the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, everybody that stopped watching that series because everybody and their brother said that one team was going to definitely lose, lose and the other one's going to win. They were all wrong. They were all wrong. It's not over, as they say, until it's over. So keep listening. Second thing is, it sounds convincing, but is it correct? And those are important distinctions. Like, people can sound that they speak with the voice of conviction, but is what they're saying is actually correct. And it requires critical thought and not groupthink. I need to think for myself. And just because everybody's saying it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I mean, I go back to the election and I'm like, wow, talk about a lot of people that wanted that to happen, maybe predicted that was going to happen, believed that it was going to happen. But there was a lot of data underneath it that said it wasn't going to happen, that they all missed. So... The question is, am I listening because I'm trying to be convinced or am I listening to find out what's true? And it will change the way you listen because you'll listen for yourself. You have to be a critical thinker and a critical listener. So develop some filters. 
And finally, suspend some judgment, right? Is this a fact or is this an opinion? And more and more when you hear prognosticators, they're not even trying to hide the fact that it's an opinion. It's not even hidden. And it just becomes sort of skewed, in many cases, severely skewed. Is this a fact or is it an opinion and how is it being presented? Suspend some judgment, okay? Be your own thinker, be your own person. These prognosticators have a lot of power, this prediction, these predictions that they make feel convincing. They are convincing, but are they really, in fact, true? So suspend some judgment. So most, if not many of the predictions that they make, they don't come true. They don't come true. They wish they did, but they just don't, if you look at the, at the facts. All right. So don't waste your time, your mental energy, your attention span, your worry, the anxiety, all the things that you're concerned about. Oh, my gosh, an asteroid's going to hit the Earth and we're all going to die tomorrow. If we all die tomorrow, we all die tomorrow. Okay? But so much of this stuff is to get more people to click, more people to listen to their predictions. But the question is, is, is it true? So don't waste so much time, so much worry following each and every one of their predictions because, again, many, most of them, if not many of them, are, are, are false. They just don't come true. So know when and where to tune in and the times you need to just completely tune out the noise. Just saying. Recently, I've talked about a few topics that are really important. One of them is just resisting the surge to talk to talk, filling the void. Certainly, people have a voice. They want to be heard. I'm not discouraging that, but everybody's got a microphone. Everybody talks. Nobody listens. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. We live in a world filled with noise, weapons of mass distraction, digital disruptions, information overload. I mean, our brains are absolutely at a capacity. How do we resist this constant influx of noise in our life? How do I focus? How do I center myself on things that really matter when everything is competing for my attention? And what motivated me to talk about this issue of noise filter specifically is how people consume media, okay? Is when I go to the news, when I listen to the news, when I read it, when I watch it, are those habits helping me or are they hurting me? That's the point of the podcast. Not if you should be educated or not. That's not the point. The point is, do I have a healthy diet of media consumption or is this binge eating and binge drinking? Okay. Well, when there's an age of information overload, it could be very easy to go from a balanced diet to overconsuming without even knowing it. And what ends up happening, and I watch this in myself, is you start with a good intent and you end in a bad place where I'm afraid of missing out because I want to be educated and informed. And I end up getting really anxious, really confused, really, really angry. And I can't stop that cycle. And those triggers are there. And why is this happening? Let's rewind the tape a little bit and look at what's happening today and why do we need to have a noise filter specifically with regard to 
you know, media moderation, you know, media in moderation. So we don't become a news junkie. I think of a friend of mine, his name is John. Okay, so John is a great guy, and he is an absolute news junkie. He's specifically a political junkie. So elections are things that he loves, and he can't get enough, right? Now, that's not me, and most people I know aren't like that, but he's kind of on the far extreme of the spectrum where he can't consume enough, right? He is just overdoing it. Well, he he gets so amped up that he, he doesn't even notice anymore, so he's kind of long gone in this whole regard. And I'm, I'm afraid that people, once they start, it's, they can't stop. And they, once you start to, to, to feed on it, that it really starts to take hold of your brain. And it really starts to create anxiety and, and, and anger and all these different things, which are not good, right? The intent, to get, of course, is we want to be informed and, and educated and, and well-balanced, but it ends up in a bad place. So where do we put some filters in, these, in, in our lives so it can get this sort of where it needs to be? You go back to where we are. It's not a huge surprise. I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. We live in a 24-hour news cycle. The rules of journalism are in serious decline. Audience matters most, more than truth. Opinion comes masked as fact. People amplify things to generate more of an audience. Things get very polarizing. It's the loss of civil discourse. I talked about that in a podcast back a few months ago, and it's not healthy. It's not healthy for me personally, and it may not be healthy for you personally to kind of keep on doing this and not knowing the effect that it has. So what I want to talk about today is what I've been doing, and it's helped me a lot. And again, I consider myself a person who's pretty well informed. Um, of course, there's things that I want to know more, and, and I need to be, to, to, be, to be in tune with what's happening in the world. Many years ago, I, um, I took a vacation in Mexico with my family. And this is, I would say, the internet and broadband was not nearly where it needed to be. So we were at a, at a resort in Acapulco at the time. And they, had, they didn't have Wi-Fi. There was Wi-Fi in the town. I had cell phone coverage, sort of, but not really. It was spotty. So in essence, we were gone for 10 days. And the um, condo that we rented on the ocean, it didn't have internet access at all. And I really didn't care. I had no way for that 10 days to stay in contact with what was happening in, in the world. Nowadays, that may, pay, may, people, may, may make people panic. Like, hey, wait, I'm off the grid for 10 days? And, and when this was happening to me, I mean, I just remember thinking of this. Okay, what do I really, really need to know? Like, if something really, really bad happened in the world, how would I know? And the answer was the cleaning lady. The, my only connection to modern society was the lady that came every morning to clean the place. She was part of the, the, the person I rented it from. I'm like, my entire connectivity to the world is... The cleaning lady. Nothing bad happened. I was there for 10 days. I didn't consume one ounce of media in 10 days. I didn't know anything. I didn't know who won the games. I didn't know the polls. I didn't know what was going on in city council. I didn't know anything for 10 days. And guess what? Nothing happened. 
really nothing happened. Now, if I look at my life day to day, how I consume media, it's this kind of like, it's like snacking and it becomes binging. And I was like, this is information overload. So I start feeding on it. It is very noisy. And I start feeding more and more and I can't stop. And I start clicking and I'm looking at articles and I'm like, I can't even like, this is really, and I'm not even close to being my friend, John, where he's just going way off the deep end. I mean, it is like, you can't stop and it is endless, an endless source of commentary. And how do we manage this thing? Specifically media consumption. How do I keep myself informed, educated, balanced, in tune with what's going on in the world without A, shutting it all off, which I'm not suggesting, or B, turning it all on nonstop, 24-7, and I can't stop it. Okay, so here's a couple of thoughts. One is understand the risks versus the reward. The reward is being informed, but how informed do we need to be? And there's also a lot of opinions. I did a podcast on this recently, right? about prognosticators, people that predict the future as if it's true, which they don't have any more ownership and understanding what's going to happen in the future than I do, or the man on the moon, which right now there isn't a man on the moon. So knowing the risk versus the rewards, okay, what am I gaining and what am I losing? Okay, so we have to have a balance. I might be way out of balance. The risk might be, I might just be sucked into a black hole vortex of media consumption with very little to show for it. And the, re- the reward might be bringing down by a number of decibels the amount of noise in my life that's just generated from this one source. Okay, so can I shut that down a little bit, bring that volume down? Is there a reward in there? Yeah, probably. Is there a risk? Probably not. Going back to my example of being on vacation, it was 10 days. I didn't know what was happening. Nothing bad happened. Okay, now... There are exceptions, and I'm just giving you general guidance of what I'm doing for myself, and take it or leave it. This is just one person's um, way of looking at the world. I set time and limits for this. So I read, I have habits every day, and I do it at a certain time, and I have a certain limit. So I don't do it whenever, and I don't do it for however long it takes. I check in with the news and with media Um, whether it's online or in print or on television at set times, and that's it. So there's not, like, I don't get alerts on my phone 24-7. Again, if it's something's really, really bad, I'll probably find out, okay? Then I think for me this has been really, really helpful is I select the sources of media that I get. Now, again, I'm not saying to tune out people that you don't agree with, and just tune in to people that you do agree with, I don't believe that at all. I think that you should listen to everything. (laughs) But the sources of where you get that is very important that those sources are selected, not just you just do it because you do it. And what I ended up doing was reducing those sources significantly from like 10 down to 2. Again, I'm not suggesting that you read these sources or, or subscribe to them. This is just what I do. These are my habits. What I do every day is I read the Wall Street Journal because where I live and what I do for a living, that for me gives me a pretty comprehensive set of what's going on in the world. And I used to read the Associated Press, and I found that a lot of the coverage was almost exactly the same. It was slightly different. 
I used to read something called News 360, and that was, but they're all basically covering the same thing. So I just consolidated it down to one news source that's daily that keeps me in tune and educated, and that's the Wall Street Journal. Now, from that, if there's things that I need to do, I'll do research on my own. I'll, I'll, I'll do additional research. Like if there's a story or a trend or an issue that I really be, need to become more informed in, I'll go down that road. Now, as a caveat, there are some people in their jobs that need to do serious and comprehensive news tracking, and this podcast isn't really meant for them because that's their job. Their job is to track the news media in all sources and shapes and sizes, and if they were to consolidate them down to fewer sources, it would be they would be derelict in their duties, and I'm not suggesting they do that. Yeah, I'm just talking about just regular people, professionals that want to stay educated and informed. So I do the Wall Street Journal once a day, and that helps me a lot. And then what I do weekly is I subscribe to The Economist, which is you know this British magazine, and it really, cover to cover, across the globe, in every category imaginable, from finance to politics to sports to regional news. It covers it all, and it's got really nice headlines. If you know me, I care about what's the story about, and then it's got a why is it relevant and what's the so what for the world in a little sub-headline. And I could scan that magazine in about 10 minutes, and I I know what's going on in Nigeria, what's going on in Alaska, the Far East, um, sports, rugby, crit, you name it. I have a general sense of what's going on in the world. And that's those are my media sources. I've consolidated the, them down significantly. It's brought the noise down to me to a manageable level. And it works for me. And I wanted to share it with you. So it might work for you too. Um, finally, ask for guidance and advice. If there are people, it's like kind of building a meeting, like a reading list. There are people that you know Ask them what do they what sources do they get for for news and in in like you build a reading list build like a media consumption list these might be some really good sources fewer but better where you can start to really get what you need when you need it in the volume that you need it okay people that you trust that you respect not you don't have to agree with them you trust and respect them okay so the point here is stay informed stay educated stay well fed tune into the issues. Facts and know know what they're when their opinions, and know when to tune out from the re- things that are just repetitive, mindless, careless, chaotic commentary that just fills the airwaves and online streams with stuff which is just it ends up being just kind of useless noise. Okay, so if you find yourself all amped up, anxious, screaming at the the TV, at the monitor, at your smartphone, from all the noise that you're digesting from the news media. Don't forget, don't forget, I suggested you find and use some type of media filter. Just saying. Well, I hope you enjoyed those two podcasts and feel better prepared Uh, for what lies ahead. As I mentioned earlier, we clearly are in an unprecedented time. And I just want you to know that everybody here at The Brief Hub is here for you, to help you, to reassure you, to guide you through uh, these challenging moments. I also wanted to let you know that on Thursday, March 26th, we'll be hosting another free webinar. This one is called Managing Noise in a Time of Crisis. And it's going to be led by my talented uh, managing partner, Charlie Thornton, So I highly encourage you to 
to listen in. It gives some really more on the human side, the, some personal things about what we all are going through in these moments. So invite other people to, to to join as well. I think you'll find that to be very helpful. If you can't make the webinar, but you want to learn more about our free resources, please sign up for our newsletter. Um, you can do that on our website by scrolling down to the bottom of any page. There's a registration on every page there. And also, really big news for us is we've made our curriculum, our offering, which really happened in both a webinar online and an in-person model, entirely virtual. So we we were doing that already with a lot of our corporate clients, but that's entirely available um, online. And you can find inf- more information on that on our uh, on the website. Um, if you go there, and you can see on our offerings, virtual programs. Uh, some highlights there are just we have a, a program that's entirely ba- for teams around brief remote workforce communications, like this new reality of working in a remote environment, what that entails. We have our all brief fundamentals course, which is entirely online, and then work related to noise called attention management 101. So those are three programs. They're six-part programs that are all online. And I highly encourage you to go on the website and look under offerings, and you'll see virtual programs, and you'll see more information there. As I said earlier, we're here to help you. I'm happy to continue these special episodes to make you even more prepared. And uh, talk soon.